0: I Suck at Dating with Dean Ungler, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello,
1: and welcome to this week's episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. My name is Jared Haben, and I am with the wonderful Dean. Dean, say hello. 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 Um, So, Dean, uh, I figured we'd jump right into it, get into the nitty gritty. Uh, There was some news this week uh, that another couple from the Bachelor of Winter Games has broken up. And that involved you. I don't know if you wanted to kind of take the platform and and discuss it a little bit or just if you had anything on your chest.
2: Yeah, I've been kind of dreading this moment for the past four or five days, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, Yeah, Leslie and I decided to part ways and um, I don't don't really want to talk too much about it, to be perfectly honest with you guys. I want to respect her privacy. uh, And I know that kind of with this podcast comes the territory of, everyone expecting me to share every ounce of my life at all times. And I think that I'm going to forego that this time and just not really speak too much about that specifically. Um, I will say that, you know, the last four or five days have been incredibly challenging. Uh, fortunate enough to hang out with Jared actually on Saturday night and he was able mm-hmm. to kind of like talk with me through a lot of things, but, uh, it's been tough. It's been tough for both of us. And, um, yeah, I don't, I even just like talking about it right now. It's kind of getting me a little sad, but
1: no, of course. Like, and I, I, could see it on Saturday. I could see it right here. That you know, it's it's an emotional time for you right now, um, and it always is going through a breakup. And uh, I think it's even heightened when you're going through a public breakup. Um, so you know, I, maybe a question I had for you was because um, you do, and I do respect your privacy, and and I think that's. Um, a great quality to have to keep things, you know, uh, some things don't need to be public. Um, but having said that you did post something a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of had a question about like where you were coming from when posting that and, and why you felt the need to um, post uh, something so um, emotional like that on Instagram.
2: Yeah. I, 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 think cause Leslie posted something as well. And she's like, I don't know why I have the, feel the need to post something like this. And this is like this, the, the, the sentiment is mimicked on my side too. It's kind of like, I don't really feel like I have the need to share that, but for semantics' sake, for due diligence' sake, I guess maybe I don't know. But um, it was weird because E News published that uh, split article before either of us had even even, even talked to E News or talked to anyone about it. Like it was basically an hour or two old at that point, point. Um, and so it, it was just it was a weird dynamic to introduce to the breakup. Um, but yeah, I mean the the post that I had. It's like, it's like, I've always had this idea that, uh, you kind of like, like I said in my post, like you live your life, you do your things exactly how you want to do them. Um, and then eventually at some point in your life, you'll be introduced to the person that lives their life the way that they want to live their life. And you kind of just like come together and become this one, um, I guess couple where you guys are being very independent of each other and you kind of just, uh, build each other up in so many ways. And there's no real like work that has to be put into it. And as I'm getting older, I'm starting to realize like love takes a lot of work and it takes, you know, a lot of time and a lot of compromise and a lot of uh, effort on both sides. And um, yeah, it was weird. It's, it's funny too, because like I thought about what I wanted to say coming into this podcast and like the things that I'd be willing to share. And um, one of the things, so my friend asked me before going into bachelor winter games, he's like, what's like the one thing that you want out of a relationship going into winter games? And I, like, so I was like, the one thing that I want is just to know that I feel loved back. Like I, I want to feel loved and like, I feel like I belong, all that kind of stuff. And what's, what the worst part about all of this is like, I know that Leslie did feel that way about me, mm-hmm. regardless of everything. Like I knew that she, she did love me. And so it's like, here I am, like now it's, that's what I wanted. Like I got the one thing that I wanted and it still didn't end up working out, you know, which is like the, one of the worst things to, to, to come to the realization of. And so like, now I'm sitting here and I've like taken a few steps back over the past four or five days. I've, um, you know, spent a lot more time alone. I think that that's one thing that I really need to do is start spending a lot more time alone and just kind of focusing on myself and and kind of come to terms with a lot of the issues that I have in my life and from my past that are, are very much affecting my dating life nowadays. And, you know, I've been like meditating more and um, I sought out therapy. I'm going to start going to therapy this week. Um And even like, as I was, it was kind of like a mortem with, with um, one another. And I was like, I don't know. I, I don't really think I've ever had a strong example of a good relationship in my entire life. Like my parents didn't really like each other when I was growing up. Uh, my brother's in a good relationship now with his girlfriend, but I don't really see or hear from them very often. All my friends are, you know, more or less going from one failed relationship to the next. So, like, I've never really had uh, a relationship to look up to. And I think that that takes a big toll on, on kind of what I think a relationship should be like. Um, I think I have like this. And sorry for just, I'm rambling and I'm just kind of talking about what comes to mind, but... Um, I have like this crippling fear of like turning out like my father. I think I realized the other day too, I was like sitting on the beach and I was like doing my breathing exercises and I was like, damn, if I end up like him, I'm going to be really, really sad at myself for that. Um, and so, you know, I have like this, I guess, de- instinctive, uh, defensive thing to like kind of push away from the, the good things in my life. And, um, hopefully therapy will end up helping me out with that. And, um, I think I just need to come to, to terms with a lot of the issues that I have, uh, or have dealt with personally. And like face myself and like look myself in the mirror and be like, you went through this. And so now you need to like be able to build from this. And obviously all we can do is like once you recognize a fault, if you don't like take action to make it better, like that's the worst thing you can do. And I think that I've kind of done that in the past where I'm like, oh, I have this problem, but it's going to fix itself kind of thing. But now it's more of a matter of like, oh, I have all these problems. I need to like take action actually to make them better for myself. And of course you learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Um, And yeah, like, like the guilt, the, 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 the remorse, the depression and anxiety that I feel right now, it sucks. But Um, I think if, you know, if the relationship kept going, it's, it would have been much worse if it got to this point again, you know? Um, So, so all of these feelings are a fraction of what I assumed would have been, um, you know, if a breakup happened in six, nine, 12 months when just relationships, or I'm sorry, emotions continued to kind of grow and grow. And um, I know I said I wasn't gonna talk much about this, but again, all of this boils back down to, I think my issues, my insecurities, like my incredible fear of abandonment and like needing to be belonged somewhere all that kind of stuff so um, nothing on Leslie like Leslie was an incredible girlfriend and I know one day she'll be an incredible wife a, a wonderful mother she's a great uh, aunt to her two nephews and um, you know she she's a, she's a great girl so yeah um, <sighs> i don't know it's tough it's been a rough couple days
1: yeah man uh you know we i was like i said i've seen you the past couple days and i can kind of see you going through a very emotional and difficult time right now and i think you're handling it as best you possibly can i think you're handling it very maturely and and also i want to say that like you've been nothing you have nothing you've nothing but nice things to say about leslie like that's i mean even talking about it the past few days you have said nothing but just wonderful things about her, um, and I think that's very respectable. And I also think that you going through this self reflecting t- reflecting time right now is also very important because I feel like a lot of people that go through breakups they kind of they can maybe blame the other person too much. And you're not doing that. You're taking a lot of responsibility for yourself, um, and you're learning from that. And even by you know you saying going to therapy. By the way, ba- you know like going in interviews in The Bachelor is like exactly like going through therapy right now. And so um, trust me, we've all been there and. Uh, i think
2: you're doing uh, the best you can and that's all you can do yeah i i mean i i don't know i i can't like i said it's it's one thing to like recognize the faults that you have in your relationships but i' i'm working hard and diligently to focus on fixing those problems and i don't necessarily know where to start i think therapy is a good place to start for me sure i've always absolutely. kind of like i've always kind of knocked therapy i, I uh one of my former girlfriends from a few few years ago uh, mentioned that she went to therapy and Um, And how beneficial it was for her. And I was, I always kind of wrote it off as like, oh, I always kind of think like weak willed people go to therapy, like just people that can't really deal with their own emotions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But going through this breakup and like the amount of, uh, uh, I guess, things that came to surface throughout it, like it was like, I need to go to therapy.
1: Yeah. I went to therapy for about two years. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Just to kind of went through a difficult breakup. This is before the bachelorette. And, um, kind of going through the same thing you were going through right now, where I was just doing a lot of self-reflecting and questioning my own um, decisions that I've made and the person that I am today and uh, was trying to exactly kind of focus on the things that I don't like about myself and and try to fix those things. And so therapy really helped me just being able to, it's amazing how a thought can go through your head and it feels like the worst thing imaginable. And then all you do is say it and you just kind of put it out into the world and get it off your chest. And then you realize, wow, okay, I feel a lot better right now Mm -hmm. just from saying that. Um, and so I am a total advocate for therapy and I'm also a total advocate of um,
2: you know, looking inward for answers. Hmm. Yeah. And that's something I, I maybe haven't done so much. I've I've been alone before, like I've been on my own for, you know, however long, but um I don't think I've ever really dived in and like asked myself the difficult questions. And so over the past four or five days, like I'll like be sitting there and thinking like I'll have like a like an epiphany or like a revelation about um something about my childhood or something about my past where I'm like, I don't want that and I don't want that to happen again. So like, what are the necessary steps to ensure that that doesn't happen?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're showing a lot of vulnerability right now and we've talked about it on this podcast before. I mean, I think we've all said vulnerability is a sign of strength, not weakness. So I think you're exuding a lot of strength by going through this publicly right now. And I want to thank you for talking about it with us. Um, And uh, yeah.
0: I feel like you're being a little hard on yourself to be honest with you. I mean, aren't all breakups innately a mutual situation no matter who did the breaking up and I don't know in your situation I don't know anything about your situation but it seems like it just these things sometimes they work and sometimes they don't I think you may be shouldering too much of the blame
2: I I think I've done that before in the past and I think that sometimes I do end up taking too much of the responsibility and like allowing myself to kind of be that sponge to absorb that but I I mean that's just kind of maybe that's again something that I can work through in therapy but it's just like that's my, I guess, default. Like when things go wrong, like the easiest thing to do is to blame yourself because at the end of the day, like you control how you react to everything, you control your actions to, to every situation. And so it's, in a sense, always entirely my fault. But then obviously, if you look at it from the other side, that person can be like, oh, it's entirely my fault too. So um, I understand where you're coming from. Um, but to bounce off that,
1: I would absolutely agree with you. Any relationship that breaks off, it's on both people, right? Mm-hmm. A relationship is a two way street. Having said that, I think. For me personally, it was just more. It was more difficult to put to talk about Leslie's side for the simple fact that Leslie isn't here, right. and so she can't really articulate sure.
2: her own feelings about things. And that's one of the main reasons why I demand that uh, demand whatever I demand. I demand it that that the breakup itself is at least uh, as private as possible to respect her privacy sure. because she doesn't have a voice in the situation. Exactly, and of course she could go to a news outlet, or whatever, share her side of the story if she so intends to. Um, but, like, just because she's not here, I have no right to talk about that, I don't think. I would agree. Well,
0: but, can Rachel Lindsay talk about it?
2: Uh, yeah. Because
0: so, she has some thoughts.
2: <laughs> so, before we entered, Mark had informed me that Rachel was on the Almost Famous
0: podcast with Ben and Ashley. Another iHeartRadio podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. If you haven't listened to it yet, give it a listen. So, here is Ashley I asking Rachel about this.
3: Well, speaking of things not being sunshine and rainbows, we just recently had two big Bachelor Winter Games breakups this week. Claire and Benoit and Dean and Leslie. Um, Rachel, did you see these coming? I never thought Claire and Benoit were going to work. Now, Dan and Leslie, I actually thought they were a really good match for each other. I thought that they they seemed to have a lot of the same interests, like personalities that messed really well together, and I thought that they were going to work out. Like, I didn't think that they were going to be running down the aisle anytime soon, but I Uh definitely thought that they were going to be... Boyfriend and girlfriend for a while, so I was sad that it ended so quickly. That's pretty much my thoughts on it too. I thought Dean and Leslie would be together for a while. I think they were each other's forever person. I don't think it was going to lead to marriage, but I thought it would be maybe maybe a couple more months.
0: Ashley and Rachel's thoughts hmm. on your situation is that that's got to be weird too. Just to hear people talking on other shows it. talking exactly. about your personal life, right? Is that weird? Well, yeah, it's weird. But my question with
2: that, and and I would love to obviously give the floor to you guys in that, in response to that. So Ashley said, and they both kind of seem to agree that we would date for you know maybe another year, year and a half. But where, if you if you kind of see it coming to an end, eventually, if it's not your forever person, why 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 keep go it going? along with the process and keep it going?
1: I absolutely agree. I think that they probably thought that ye, both of you would not realize that you weren't each other's <laughs> forever person for a little while. That's my only defense of theirs. But, but having yeah, said that, I, I, as
0: it, they're saying two different things. They're saying, I knew they were never going to get married, but I was shocked they broke up. Well, it's kind of the opposite thing, isn't it?
1: Uh, yes, I especially especially at this age, right? When you're getting to your late 20s, early 30s, you're like, well, if this is not my forever person, then it's better to end it earlier rather than later. And I think um, for them, they probably are just saying that because they thought that you guys were in to date for a while and you guys maybe would fade out. I'm not really sure. But for you, uh, Dean, I think the fact that you realized that Leslie might not be your forever person and that you ended it earlier rather than later uh, was the right thing to do because it's not good to drag these things on. Cause all you're doing is hurting each, you know, not only
2: hurting yourself, but hurting um, you know, your partner as well. So, and that goes back to the point that I made earlier of all of the, this, these horrible feelings that I'm going through and Leslie are going through right now is they're, they're a fraction of what they would potentially be if, if you, if you haven't can, in a year or mm-hmm, two. Of years. course, because
1: then feelings grow, then turn, you know, you're turning into like, you know, deeper love and, and families being a part of each other and potential like, you know, other things, you know, moving in that just would really complicate the the issue. So. And it's also like, you know, like with Rachel, as much as I respect her, like she just doesn't know, she didn't know the inner workings of your relationship. So she's just saying like, yeah, I thought it would work out for a while. And then I thought they probably wouldn't be, you know, married or anything, but I thought they'd be together for a while. And so it's just an outsider speaking on a relationship. Just like if, you know, if I was speaking upon it, I'd be an outsider. I don't know mm-hmm. the inner
2: workings of your relationship with Leslie. So the only two people that know that are you and Leslie. Right. I mean, I've, yeah, confided in you a little bit. And that's another thing too, especially with like social media and all that kind of stuff is everyone has an opinion about everything I've, I've I've gone to the extent of just deleting my Instagram and deleting my Twitter not like deactivating my accounts but just deleting the apps and I'll reinstall them when I have to you know post for a brand or post to promote this podcast. Mm-hmm. but I just like it I had like this digital dependence of like every time I picked up my phone the first thing I would do is open Instagram mm-hmm. totally And so, so now I just want to if I pick up my phone it's gonna be either to answer a phone call call someone text someone etc and not just go on social media. Um, again, it's it's not so much about like listening to like the negativity that's out there about people talking about the relationship or anything like that. It's just a matter of it's just it's a waste of time in so many ways. And and I think like right now I just need to realign my focus and my priorities because of that.
0: And everyone's got an opinion, and that's got to be the hardest part about going through a public situation like this. Is everyone you you've actually met those people, Ashley and Rachel? <laughs> So many hundreds of people you've never met have an opinion on this. Mm-hmm. And that's got to drive you nuts.
1: Oh, it does drive you nuts, right? Everybody's like, you were right. You were wrong. She's the best. You're the worst. You're the best. She's the worst. Right. And it's just like, no, that's not how it works. You guys don't understand that it's just a relationship. It's a normal relationship. Yes, that it was, it was on TV and it was for the public eye. Having said that, it was a very normal relationship where feelings happened. We were together and it was a very difficult breakup, but it just needed to come to an end. And so I think people forget that, right? They look at you and they look at Leslie and you guys are like, oh, these aren't real people. Right. These are just characters that I've seen on a television show. No, these are real people with real feelings and real emotions. And while we try not to look at comments or people's opinions, like, of course, we're going to hear them and see them and it's going to affect us and, and either make us sad or happy or well, not, probably not happy. <laughs> but um, like I think people just forget that. They yeah. see you on TV. They immediately think that you're just a character and that you're actually not a real person. People forget that this is reality television. It's mm-hmm. not just television.
2: And you can filter out only so much. But at the end of the day, uh, to, to that point as well, it's like, the most important thing that I've, I guess, I mean, not the most important thing because I, I, I'm i trying to see the value in being alone, but like my friends and uh, the people that are close to me have been incredibly supportive. Like if, if if, and when I need to talk about anything, like they're the first ones there and um, yeah, I mean, the the people that know you are really the only ones that should have an opinion about you. And and the ones that, you, or at least the only people that, the people that know you, sorry, are the ones opinions that you should only really carry any weight in your life of course that yeah makes
1: sense. yeah you should value the, the opinions of the people that are important to you right right, right you right, know right. not the people that have no idea who you are and the only thing they know about you is either
0: through a television show or social media right. of course yeah, i wholeheartedly agree before we start the rest of the show we have a psychic on in a minute um did you have one more question you wanted to ask dean
1: oh do i no i was gonna oh <laughs> god dean <laughs> Well, now I feel like a jerk asking it. I was gonna <laughs> joke around and be like, "Oh well, Dean, what
2: about paradise?" But now I'm not gonna ask about that. That's I'll put it out there right now. There is a zero percent chance. There we go. Zero percent chance an you were
1: seeing Dean on Bachelor in Paradise. Zero percent
2: chance. And I've seen before I deleted my Twitter, which just was last night. So it's it's like a fresh thing to me. I'm just I'm slowly trying to learn how to be less engaged with that type of stuff. Um, I saw people saying things like, uh, "If." Dean goes on paradise and it's proof that he's just chasing the fame and all that kind of stuff. It's, no. It's like I I want to be with someone. Like I, I I wish that I met my person five years ago when I was 21 that I could spend the rest of my life with, or 18, and so I could spend the rest of my mm. life with them from that point forward. But there's a point where I I want to be with someone hundred percent, but I don't want to I have a very big fear of being with the wrong person. And maybe that's something that I need to work
0: on again. Honestly, it's the key to life. And I don't mean to put that kind of pressure on you, but as a happily married man, I've always said the key to life is marrying the right person. Right. Because then everything else falls into place.
1: What's your fear of being with the wrong person? Don't you find that if you were with the wrong person, you would end it?
2: Right. So what is your fear? Is your fear of marrying the wrong person? No, no. So I guess the point that I'm trying to say is is I, I want to be with someone and I want to be in a relationship, but I don't want to be in that relationship if it's not with the person that I see myself really spending the rest of my life with. So are you more afraid of being with the wrong person or are
1: you more afraid of being alone for the rest of your <laughs> life? Because I feel like you're the type of person that would never marry the wrong person. You're the more of the type of person that would just never marry anybody because you don't think that
2: they're the right person. Right. Well, so that's the thing. And that goes back to my Instagram caption of this utopian idea of what a relationship is. I don't, I don't, I want to be married at some point in my life. Like I, I, I don't think that, I think that, that marriage has a lot of issues just fundamentally as, as a, 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 Institution, whatever it is, and it dates back to you know archaic ages where they were bringing together two farms so that the families could have more sheep and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> and it just kind of snowballed into what it is now, and that's perfectly fine. But there, it, I do have like the longing to be with one person for the rest of my life. You want to meet the love of your life, right? And spend the rest of your life with them and share your life with them, right. totally, right. whether that be marriage or just being with each other. Well,
1: I mean, I want marriage, but I'm, be, not gonna, I'm not going to be married. All right, perfect. You right. want marriage as well? I just don't want to judge people that are like, I'm never getting married.
2: I no, just no. Want to, yeah. And even my roommate. So my roommate's. Um, was talking to me the other day and he's like, yeah, like, I don't know if I ever want to be married. And I was like, really? Like, that's surprising. He's like, yeah, I don't know if I ever want to have kids. And he like, looks at his father and his father is kind of the same way where uh, his father lives in Germany and, you know, just kind of like dates around and all this, d- and all this stuff. And, and my roommate was like, usually like when I'm, I guess, single, I'm happier and I feel more liberated, and more free and all that kind of stuff. And, um, I can see obviously like if he's happy because of that, then that's great. But, um, I, I just think that, Again, back to that that utopian idea of of kind of two people coming together to creating the best forms of both of themselves. Um, that's that's what I want. Is like I want to like I want to find someone whose whose strengths are my weaknesses, my weaknesses are their my strengths are their weaknesses, um, and we can just kind of like build each other up and grow off of each other, all that kind of stuff. And um, you know, not to say that I haven't found that in people that I've dated. But like Leslie is, is is so strong in areas that I'm so weak, and I'm and trust me, I'm weak in a lot of areas. Um, but you're also strong in a lot of areas as well. <laughs> Give yourself some credit. Let's focus on the weaknesses though. <laughs> okay. Fair. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's a fear. It's a fear that I need to just kind of continue to to conceptualize and realize and understand why it's there and hopefully fix it one day and get rid of it and um, be comfortable. She, she sent me uh, like an article of, uh, I wish I could pull it up right now. It's, it's kind of long, but it's like, it, it was saying like, you should never compare relationships to other relationships. You should never um, think about the, the one in, in quotation marks. Um, You should never do any of that type of stuff of because all that does is, is pull you away from the current relationship that you're in. Absolutely. you should be
1: living in the moment. Right. I absolutely agree because I suffer from the same thing where sometimes if I'm starting off dating somebody very early on that I start projecting into the future and thinking, is this person I could spend the rest of my mm-hmm. life with? And I start thinking about that on the second date. And I'm like, Jared, you're insane. Don't think about that. Just have fun because feelings grow, right? Right. Like
2: turns into love and then love changes over time. Um, and, and that's, so that's the thing too it's like uh, I was actually thinking about it this morning I was like I have in, like insane attachment issues like uh, on a second date I'm like I, I want to like just blurt out I love you like that type of stuff sometimes yeah and, and then there's also like the the mixture uh, in of like oh like okay slow down like this is you've known this person for however long and you can't really get that far ahead of yourself and then
1: it's hard because you can't tell the difference between love and lust especially if it's that, if it's that early on where you're on the second date and you're like I just want to say I love you and mm-hmm. it might be just this infatuation rather than actually strong love feelings. True. Um, so that's also something that you need to think about as well and that we all need to think about.
2: Right. Well, anyways, long story short, not going to paradise. Perfect. <laughs> no, not going to paradise. No intention to. I don't. I doubt they'll let her ask me again. I 100% percent would say no if they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so if any of the producers are listening, just please don't ask. That'd be great. Thanks. Oh,
1: perfect. Yeah, you, well, you're gonna, <laughs> probably going to get a phone call right after this, after you said that. <laughs> nope. the
0: door is closed. The door is closed. All right, on the show today, we have a matchmaker coming up in a little bit. she will be very helpful to all the singles listening if they need any advice on finding the right person. And we have a psychic coming up. He's going to be here in just a minute. His name is Reginald Lewis. And before we get into the psychic, I wanted to ask you guys what your level of belief, skepticism is about the whole thing. Jared, where, where do you stand with psychics? I've never, got, I've never been to a
1: psychic. I've gotten my palm read before, which I think are very two different things. Uh, yes, yes. I could... I'm a skeptic. Like, if I'm being honest, I am a skeptic because I think... Like, I've looked into psychics a little bit, and there's something called cold reading. Have you ever heard of this? Mm-hmm. Where it's like they give... It's pretty much like a fill in the blank. And so, if I ever went to a psychic, I would be I would be open to the idea I wouldn't have my doors closed having said that I would go in I wouldn't say anything I would want them to tell me specifics without me answering any questions Mm -hmm. but I don't really think that's how it works so I'm not sure but I'm definitely open to the idea of believing a psychic but I am definitely a skeptic
2: okay and I, I think Jared and I are very much on the same page in that I don't necessarily if I were to go to a psychic no matter the circumstance, I don't think I would ever believe what they have to say as gospel. Like I wouldn't be like, if the psychic was like, in two years, this is going to happen to you. I wouldn't be like, oh, in two years, like I have to plan for that because it's happening to me now because the psychic told me that. Um, I don't necessarily believe in like, uh, extraterrestrial. Not extraterrestrial. I'm sorry, because I do believe in extraterrestrials, but like, 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 uh, like uh, afterlife, afterlife, like ghosts. Ghosts, I don't believe in so much. If they do exist, I don't think they can interact with physical the physical things around us. Uh, I don't necessarily believe in like that type of uh, stuff. So. I agree.
1: I'm much more of a believer in like energy that we are filled with energy, and when we die, our energy will be transferred into something else. Whether that means like an afterlife, I'm not really sure, or like how our like we could be able to connect with the dead or talk to the dead. I don't really believe in a lot of that stuff. Having said that, I still would never mess with a Ouija board just because.
2: <laughs> God forbid if I'm wrong. Like it's not even just <laughs> not even worth it. Not even worth and it. And I think I think a lot of that boils down to experience because I know Easton before we even uh, started the podcast had mentioned. He was kind of in the same boat as Jared and me. And then he met with a a medium and and she completely blew his mind. So I think if you experience something that is utterly like mind blowing, then that's kind of a cause to change your mind about certain things.
0: We're the Long Island medium in on the Seacrest show and we didn't set anything up ahead of time. There was nothing. We didn't know who she was going to talk to in the room, anything. And she started naming some things that really hit home with Easton. Easton, take it from there.
4: Yeah, it was wild. I wasn't even supposed to be there today. I was covering for somebody else. And, uh, she, um, she started uh, talking about. She she was just kind of like throwing things out to the room, and then she looked at me and she said, "You had a close friend die recently," and uh, and I said, "Yes, I did." And then she told me about my friend that had drowned um, a couple of years earlier, and it was very hard for me to deal with. And uh, she got very specific. And um, it, it you know I'm a I'm a skeptic. I didn't I don't buy that kind of thing. But she got really. It was very specific. Yeah. Um. And so that made me like I left going like what's you know she's either got a crazy team of googlers which is equally impressive or she's tapped into something uh and and it, that's on youtube so if you want to check out my experience with oh, Caputo, there you go go to uh on uh but yeah it was it was wild and now i'm i don't know if i'm a believer now but i'm definitely there's something there i think I oh. guess I'd
1: have to experience it for myself before I can say I'm a believer. Because mm-hmm. like I, I do hear stories of people like, I never believed in that kind of stuff. And then I went to one and they blew my mind. I guess maybe I just haven't been to one. So it's still hard for me to be like,
0: uh, I don't know. Well, let's see if he blows your mind. It's the age
5: old seeing is believing. Let's okay. bring him in here. This is Reginald Lewis, psychic. Yes. So Reginald, do you mind telling us a little bit more about yourself? Yes. So I'm a psychic and a medium. Uh, a lot of people see me on Steve Harvey you know, I've done guest appearance on Steve Harvey, so a lot of people want to know what is a psychic and a medium. Most people don't understand that. You know, most people want to think about, you know, tarot cards and crystal balls, and they think about the old weird gypsy lady reading your future. Uh, it's nothing like that, uh, as far as the real deal of what a psychic medium is. Basically, as a psychic, I'm able to read energy. So if you think about it, we all know physics; everything is energy. Everything has a vibration to it. So I just have a sensitivity where I can pick up on those frequencies. Those vibrations and kind of tell stuff about people, you know, the next part of it is a medium. Now, a medium is a whole nother level. So there is a difference between a psychic and a medium. A psychic reads energy, potential past, present, future. A medium actually connects with spirit. So they actually have the ability to connect with our loved ones, you know, and those who are around you. Uh, So basically, that's my work. That's what I do. You know, I've been doing it over ten years. Uh, I was born this way. A lot of people say, "Did you go to school for this?" You know how to. Did... I was born with it. Uh, it's something that's actually hereditary for me. I'm Puerto Rican and black. My mom's Puerto Rican. My father's black. Uh, they're very spiritual, Catholic and Baptist background. Uh, for me, it was just something that I just naturally had. And as I got older, it just became stronger and stronger. And I decided just to, you know, follow it and embrace it. Because um, I tried to run away from it. I'm not gonna be, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I tried to run away from it because doing what I do is not easy. When you're being somewhere and you're picking up on stuff, a lot of stuff having to do with death and if someone is sad and picking up on other people, it's overwhelming. You know, think about it. You're 14 years old, you're, you know, you're in puberty and not only are you are dealing with your own stuff, but you're literally feeling like you have the weight of the world around you, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so as I got older, you know, practicing meditation and prayer, studying, I started to learn more about my gifts through, you know, books and, and studying up about, you know, ESP and psychic abilities. And I learned how to kind of hone it, you know. And so that's what I do now. I help to counsel people, help people, and guide them.
2: Okay. So And that was right around, you said, 18, 19 is when you started to fully accept it and kind of take it off. and.
5: Well, 15. Actually, 15. Okay. In middle was,
1: school. Was 15 when you first started realizing that you could potentially be doing this? Uh, or yeah, or about had 15. Like... Yeah, about 15. Because we... in
5: middle school... That's when I started to share with friends, family, Mm. and then all of a sudden it started to grow from there and everyone found out about my gift.
2: So we have to ask you to come in and read the room a little bit. You got uh, Mark, me, Jared, Easton. Um, Erica's back there. Erica back there in the the operating room. Yeah. Um, Whatever you call it. I'm not really sure what that thing's called, but... The producer (laughs) room
3: behind the
5: glass. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, Okay. So I guess just initial energy pickups that you get from us walking in here. Are we... Yeah. Uh, Well,
5: first of all, you guys have awesome energy, synergy, as I like to call it. Uh, Awesome connection here. I I like that. It feels like home. It's funny. I feel like I've been here before, so I feel extremely comfortable. Well, I'm glad I made cookies. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So the way that it works is I actually have an ability to read auras. Okay. Uh, I discovered this ability in elementary school. So basically, when I would watch the teacher up in front of the black chalkboard, I would see, I would be very distracted. They used to say I used to daydream. and in you know, school a lot. Um, I would be distracted by this white light around my elementary, you know, school teacher, and, I, and I'm like, what is this white light that's following her, you know? And I can see it because she's in front of the black chalkboard, which mm. basically emphasizes it. Well, I realized as I got older, I kept seeing this more and more colors and lights around people. You know, my eyes never had any issues. You know, with my eyes, nothing like that. Uh, well, I find out that I have an ability to read auras. So that's one of the first abilities that I found that I had is I could read auras. So that's the most easiest way for me to connect with someone when I read them. I basically look at your aura. And basically what aura is, your energy field. We all have an energy field, okay? A psychic or a sensitive or a medium, they have the ability to see it physically with their eyes. And so basically the colors represent your emotional, physical, spiritual, and mental state of being. So I can tell, okay, where are you at emotionally? Okay, like when I look at you, for instance, mean. The, yeah, yeah. when I look at you, you have a lot of red and blue around you, okay? So what that shows Ooh. me is red shows a lot of drive, a lot of drive, sometimes a little too much drive. Sometimes you jump in head first in a lot of things and you mm. get yourself in trouble and you need to slow down you know, so that's the energy I get because you have a lot of red, I meaning you're always anxious. You're always ready to go. It's like, oh, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to go, you know. And I do have, have
2: like, a lot of anxiety. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs>
5: slow down, slow down. So, you know, it's like you, you need a balance. Everyone needs a balance. Sometimes it's bad to have a little bit too much of one color and, you know, you need to have. So the good thing is that you have blue okay, okay around you, which shows me that you, you have a little bit of balance there where you're trying to learn to be, be, a, little, be a little bit more relaxed, mm-hmm. you know, around you. The other thing, too, that I keep getting is You have a gift for writing that you need to exercise (laughs) more that keeps coming up around you. And also your voice, other than obviously doing this, um, music comes up around you really, really strong. (laughs) Okay, that comes up extremely strong. That's something I feel that you need to exercise more. Do you play any instruments or anything like that? I don't. I did when I was little, but I've uh, since. What did you play?
2: I was a first chair recorder and first chair uh it's, i don't know some other instrument in mean, like fifth grade or something like that
0: wasn't everybody a first
1: chair recording yeah.
2: <laughs> no no sorry about that i might have been like a third that's a special, chair so yeah that's it's a special, special chair. chair but no it's been a while since i've actually practiced a musical instrument <laughs> what about uh, writing uh no i don't really write that much either yeah you that's should. what you need to do but that's what he's saying he's saying that i should write. yeah more. that's yeah, exactly. what you need to
5: do because what i see one of my gifts is telling other people gifts and talents that they need to exercise more. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing that with you. I can see it's kind of repressed because it's like a pale blue. So the fact that it's not a very strong blue, it shows this is something that you need to emphasize, a strength that you need to work more on, you know? And I think as you do it, it's gonna help you in other areas of your work because you're definitely meant to be a writer. I don't see you writing a book or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't see that around you, but I definitely see you writing more material. You're like producing something like that. I see you doing that more of that.
2: I write some pretty good Instagram captions every once in a while. I'll be, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll toot my own horn for a second. It's that's, true. That's I, your
0: I, gift. I, I like every single one of
2: them. <laughs> um, what about what about Jared? Well, before
1: I, where do you see these colors? Oh, good question. I'm uh, so interested. Like when you look at Dean, where do you see like the red and the blue? How do you?
5: Yeah. So it's a flash. It's almost like it's a flash so sometimes I can see physically sometimes in my mind's eye you know and it's like a flash I'll see red or blue or orange it, it flashes around an individual now when I look at you when Uh-oh. you asked that I kept seeing orange orange flashing which shows you, you're extremely creative I'm actually on fire right now, yeah. I see it right now. <laughs> <laughs> no you're extremely creative you have all extremely strong creative energy about you okay and one of the things I see is that you love traveling Traveling is a major thing with you. Okay, and I see you doing a lot of traveling. I know I just heard this in the next two months. So this is what? uh, April, June, June time, okay? Mm -hmm. I do see you doing some traveling that comes up Mm -hmm. around you. So I know there's a trip or something that you have planned, but I see this coming up around you around in June because it feels like some traveling, something coming up around you. Now, I want to go back to you for some reason because what happens is I'll get pulled, so I have to go to where I'm being pulled. Mm -hmm. It's weird. Do your parents live, not live like in the same state? Uh, my mom passed away, but my father lives in Colorado. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I kept picking up on an energy of a parent that's in a different state, mm-hmm. okay? And I kept feeling the energy of visitation or visiting, okay? Uh, this kept coming up really strong, so that kept coming up. Now, you said your mom was passed, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, when I hear first names, that helps me to actually connect. So if you just say a first name for me. Yeah, her name was Debbie. Okay, Debbie, mm-hmm. okay. Um, okay, wow. It's interesting, does she have a brother that's deceased as well? I don't, I maybe... I'm not close with I'm them? not close with oh, the Saint okay. family. Okay. She's got a oh. sister that's passed. Okay. Yeah. Cuz I kept feeling sibling next to her. I also kept picking up a brother energy and uh-huh. spirit next to her as well. Okay, that kept coming through. Okay. I know I had an uncle or two.
2: Um, I'm not sure about their uh their okay. current. Okay. Status. Um
5: I do feel mom mom's energy is around you a lot. Um it's quite interesting because she keeps bringing up the month of May. Okay, so she, she keeps bringing up the May connection, okay? So this shows mm-hmm. me celebration that comes up in May uh really strong with her. Also as well, this is interesting, I keep hearing this, um, but she also keeps mentioning a connection to a Sarah, okay, um, on her side of the family. So this is hmm. blood relations, okay, Sarah, connection on her side of the family that she keeps, in living, not deceased. Okay. Okay, living. Um, also, the other thing she keeps showing me is a dog. There's a dog that's in the spirit that's actually around her, which is really interesting. So this Love let me dogs. know that someone had lost <laughs> a dog. Uh, at some point and I feel like this is a while back so this is not even feel recent I feel like this would have been a dog that was yeah deceased a long time ago we
2: had a family dog I guess that passed away what eight years ago Okay. quite a while ago. Okay, yeah. and
5: uh, I feel like I see this dog running around her, so I do pick up on pets, too, as well. Love that. Uh, it's true, that, they, you yeah. know, dogs go to heaven, too. <laughs> to heaven too. <laughs> we,
2: always, we always like to assume that. Um, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, we had a we had a dog growing up, a miniature long-haired dachshund. My mom definitely loved her to uh, the full ex- extent that anyone could love an animal, so yeah. I'm sure that's what you're talking about. Yeah,
5: this dog is with her, because mm-hmm. uh, I kept seeing it running around, this woman around her. The other thing, too, which is interesting is I come from a Catholic background, okay? For some reason, I keep feeling... Uh, catholic connection hmm. coming through okay so was mother of a catholic background
2: she was presbyterian
5: okay yes okay um because she kept showing me i kept seeing rosary beads. okay mm-hmm. i kept literally seeing rosary beads. so this will let me know that someone actually have a, a cross of hers okay or rosaries of hers would you know who would have that
2: my sister probably has something like that okay. i would assume
5: yeah okay because she keeps referring to that The other thing, too, is she keeps showing sports around you. Okay, so I don't know early if you played, like, football, Mm -hmm. okay?
2: Yep, high school, Um, football, basketball, baseball. Okay, Mm -hmm.
5: because I feel like this is one of her, like, major memories of you is sports. And I keep seeing, I kept seeing football in particular for some reason. So it seems like for some reason she has a major connection with you Mm -hmm. and and sports or remembering you with sports.
2: The only, I guess, memory that I could think of, it was actually past her uh, passing, but on the anniversary of her death when I was a senior, it was like a senior night football game and I had like I just remember I had like a 90 yard, 90 yard touchdown catch or something and I remember I was like the the end zone I remember like pointing up to the sky and I was like oh my mom had my back on that one like that was just kind of a cool <laughs> connection that we had it was like 3 months after she passed or 3 years after she passed yeah um but in terms of her watching I mean she definitely came to all my sporting events but I was definitely never much of a highlight reel guy I guess I yeah. don't know <laughs>
5: but it doesn't matter you know a mom is a mom you know yeah. moms yeah. are always your biggest fan no matter what and so this is her way of showing that she still is your biggest fan hmm. You know, and she's rooting for you, you know, and she's just very proud. She's extremely proud. Oh, I love that. It's amazing. Proud. Yeah. That's great. So I'm going to leave you with that.
2: I'm, I'm shook right uh, now. I don't know. I don't, yeah. even know how to, I don't even know if I can continue. Uh... <laughs> I'm shook and I'm, I'm not even the
5: one getting red right now. You know, and the funny thing, you know, I'm not going to lie. I can tell people who are skeptical and not skeptical or in between. Hmm. And I always say skeptical is a great thing to be. I'm very skeptical. Anyone who tells me they're just like me, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Show a proof. you know, prove it. I want, you know, I don't. I take it. I take my work very serious, mm-hmm. you know? And I tell people, it's great to be a skeptic, you know? Don't ever just believe anything and everything, but don't, don't be a cynic. It's the difference between a skeptic and a cynic. You know yeah. what I mean? As long as you're, if you're skeptical and you're open-minded, I can read you and I can connect. That's not even a problem. Like with you, I did feel a little bit like, hmm, I don't know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But then I saw your aura change. I saw you shift, so it's like, wow, okay, you know what? Okay, I think it's something here. <laughs> I love it. So I can feel your energy shift. Like I can actually tell when a person is kind of shifting mm-hmm. or their perspective on what I do, which is really great. Um, I do want to connect with you. With me? Yeah. Okay. So I do want to connect with you, Mark, for the listeners. Um, Thank so. you. <laughs> uh, there's two energies that's actually coming through for you. Um, there's a grandfather energy that comes through. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like this is a maternal side. Okay, that's coming through with you, and I get a very extremely strong military connection that keeps coming up. Okay around him. So uh, you have a father, grandfather that's deceased on your mom's side? Yes. Okay. He had military background?
0: I don't think he did. Um, okay. My father was in the
5: military. Okay, so okay, your father. He's alive. Okay, so what I'm picking up is on two energies at the same time, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely getting military connections. I'm seeing American flag, which also shows mm-hmm. law enforcement, military connection, okay, mm-hmm. that keeps coming through. Um, your grandfather comes through definitely on your mom's side. He comes through a lot. Now, did did you not have a very close relationship with him? No, because Because, he died when I was eight. Okay, great. Because I get this energy of him being distant, but it's like he knows you, Mm. but I feel like you don't know him. Okay. I I don't know
0: him except that I know that I'm going to have his hairline. So I look at (laughs) pictures of him sometimes (laughs) because that's my, because your mom's father is your hairline. And so I'm watching for that and it's not going to be pretty.
5: Yeah, but he was bringing that up, that relationship dynamic. I didn't feel very close. Mm -hmm. So I actually that with him, but he's there and, you know, whether he was close to him or not. He's there with you in spirit. It's actually a guiding uh, force or a guiding spirit with you, whether you realize it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing, too, comes up. You have a daughter? I do. Okay, because your daughter energy kept coming up. So just to let you guys know how I hear this, I literally will hear words in my head. So I'll get daughter energy, dog energy, mom energy, and then I'll get concepts and words and feelings. I have two daughters. Okay. I kept hearing daughter with you, okay? Mm -hmm. So I want to go to maybe older daughter Mm -hmm. energy, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Schooling keeps coming up around her for some reason. Okay, college or schooling, graduation comes up. So did your older daughter just literally like graduate or she's going to schooling because a program or something keeps coming up?
0: Well, this this is what this could be is is next week she's going to outdoor school where she has to spend three nights away from home. Hmm. And it's a very stressful thing for all of us because she has anxiety issues. She has nighttime issues, sleep issues, and we're really concerned about how that's going to go next week.
1: And
5: this is the first time
1: that she's not staying at home? Yes. Oh,
5: uh, that's okay, because mm-hmm. I I feel that around her, I got daughter energy. I kept hearing school, school mm-hmm. energy. Mm-hmm. Literally heard it and felt it. The yeah, they call it outdoor school. Okay, perfect. Um, I feel like she's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like parents are gonna be parents. We all know that, right? But she's gonna be okay. I think she, I feel I like think she so too, she but she can handle this. Yes, I feel like she can handle this. But I think the thing with her is this is obviously something completely new for her. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with anything new, is it's gonna be nervous and there's gonna be some anxiety. But I I think this is something that she's been wanting to to do for quite some time. She is excited about it. Yeah. Right? So for her to get there when she actually gets there, I feel like she's going to fall in love with it mm-hmm. and she's going to come back with so many great stories mm-hmm. and it's going to be just an awesome experience. Mm-hmm. I just get that with her. Great.
2: How do you typically practice this, this gift of yours? Is it mostly via TV? Is it, um like i don't know like how do you get introduced to new people that kind of stuff
5: well i have a private practice okay so what happened with me is how i first got my exposure is doing missing person cases mm. hmm. so that's... that's how i actually started getting exposure in the public so you would work with like the law enforcement i used to, to work with law enforcement okay. yes yeah, so, over yeah national working with law enforcement and the way that that began is there was a show uh on a and e called psychic kids or psychic children i don't know some of you might might remember that maybe mm. maybe not But uh, it had a few seasons on A&E, and it was called Psychic Kids, where basically they would go to these kids that were gifted, you know, and they would talk to their parents who didn't understand their gift to help them to understand their gifts and abilities. Well, there was this one episode. I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. Hmm. Um, There was this one episode that was actually in Ohio, and these two kids were working with a psychic detective that was really well-known across the nation. And first, first off, I was very excited because it was in Ohio, and I never met anyone with my gift my age. One was 18 years old. Another one was probably 15. Um, And first of all, they were in Ohio and they were gifted my age. So when the show was over with, I said, I have to find these people. I had to find this lady. I went on Google. I went online. I found the woman who was on the show. Um, I reached out to her and I told her about my gifts and abilities. She contacted me within 24 hours. She said, I want you to work on a case. So what she did is she gave me two pictures of cases that they already worked on, that they had notes on. She said, just sit write notes, whatever whatever you get, just sit there and write it, then send it back to me. So I'm a little bit nervous, cause I've never done anything like, what do I do? So the only thing I know is meditation. So I sit there with these pictures, I'm meditating. I write these notes down. I send them back to her. She comes back, she shows me their notes and my notes compare them. And literally they're all the same. My notes and their notes are the same. So that really opened up my eyes the fact that I was able to pick up on stuff that I had no idea what I was doing. So she took me under as an apprentice. And uh, she's a very well-known, you know, psychedelic of Gail St. John. That's actually her name, if anyone wants to look. And uh, she took me under as apprentice. And uh, one of the most well-known cases that we worked on was the Kaylee Anthony case. Mm-hmm. You know, and the crazy thing about this at the time, um, I used to go on site for the cases a search and rescue team. Uh, I couldn't go on site with that because I was in college at that time, but I worked at a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, they were in, you know, Florida at that time. And there's a video where they located the, the body. They located the location of the body, which was discovered, I think it was probably three weeks later. And my notes and everything were saved, and we documented everything. Uh, and all the notes on my, it says, you know, garbage bag, wide area, field, everything. And this is recorded. It's, it was showed, it showed, like, this is where she's at. You know, she was discovered, you know, three weeks or whatever, you know, in this field in the back. And that's actually on YouTube. So you can't deny something like that. You know, the fact that we worked on this, we recorded everything. Three weeks later, they find a body and it's everything that we said. Quick Uh, question
0: before we wrap. Erica back there. She has a first date this week, a second date this week, and uh, has a crush on her her orthodontic surgeon, whatever you call it. (laughs) oral surgeon she's having a good week so the question is which of those three if <laughs> any is the man for her
5: the truth is it's none of them oh. Ooh. The is, she's too independent she's like i don't want a man to take care of. she's like i she guess all
1: yeah. right just don't go on the dates then is that the issue i really don't want a man right now because like <laughs> you want
5: a man but you're independent you don't yeah. the thing is you don't you don't want to settle right now as much as you want yeah. a man i know you don't want to settle right now tell me am i lying
0: No, you're not lying at all. This is the conversation I had with myself this morning. Okay,
5: exactly. See, there you
2: go. go. While she was meditating. Um, All right, Reggie, well, thank you so much for coming in. Is there anything that you're working on right now that you want to let the listeners know about? Uh,
5: Well, I have a new website launching. So uh, my website is ReginaldLewis.com. That was my name, ReginaldLewis.com. Uh, people can follow me on social media: Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Reginald Lewis, Reginald Lewis Medium. Uh It's not hard to find me. So that's
2: cool! It.
1: Very awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much yeah, for joining us you. in the studio. Is this is great. Thank uh, you. Thank uh, you
2: I think you mentioned it. Both Jared and I were skeptics coming in. I think Mark was a little bit as well. Sure. But, uh, it's a. Uh, it's always a humbling experience to hear some things <laughs> spoken about yourself that you definitely shouldn't know. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much for coming in. Honestly, it was a Appreciate blast. It. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank we you. We would. Uh, we would love to have you back sometime. So great. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. So Dean, how do you feel after Reggie? I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I'm still pretty skeptical about everything. Same here. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Reggie was awesome. I loved his vibe. There were certain things that I really enjoyed listening to him about, and I think he's very knowledgeable. Yeah. Having said that, there were just you know, with anybody who's a psychic, there there's just a lot of like, oh, is there, you know, there's a daughter, or there's the mom, and there's a father, and
2: it's very, you know. Very it, vague. General general assumptions about people like, for instance, so look at Mark's. He's a wedding ring. You're married. You probably yes. have a daughter, that type of stuff. Right. 50-50 chance. Again, not exactly. to take anything away from you, because he did he is incredible, and you can definitely feel like I obviously don't sense auras like he does, but I definitely sense an aura about him when he walks into a room. Like I was very totally. comfortable with him mm-hmm. in here. Mm-hmm. I am um,
1: less of a skeptic than I was prior to when he walked in the room. Yeah. Oh. I will say that. Like I'm I'm a little bit more open to it. Having said that, it wasn't like my entire viewpoint was just changed.
0: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. He kind of leads you to it and lets you fill in the blanks, right? That's
1: exactly, and so that was the only issue I had, even like with the grandfather thing with yeah. the military. And you're like, Well, no, my father, my dad, it, like, oh, okay, they, yep, yeah, 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 and yeah, it's like, Well, that's you know, <laughs> it's kind of connected the dots it a little stress. bit. I don't know, but
2: uh, yeah, all around, I definitely see the appeal. I think maybe, uh maybe the more like session the more the more time you spend with him i'm sure like the more accurate he can become reading you it's it's hard to walk into a room cold like that i'm sure and say you this 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 and this especially
1: in a room with four guys right so he's probably getting a lot of different vibes a lot of different auras so it's kind of coming at him very quickly and yeah. then he's on the you know on the mic having to do it right in the spot so um it would be something that i would be interested in doing one on one like meeting him in person and seeing how he's talked to everybody i would be open to the idea of of meeting with him one-on-one to get a better sense of what he's vibing with me.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. So, uh, yep. So that was Reggie Lewis. Um, again, great guy. I think next up we have Nora who is a matchmaker with the three day rule. Um, one thing I want to talk to you guys about before jumping in with Nora though is beach body on demand. And I know you guys have heard me talk about it before. Basically, what it is is on-demand workouts in your house, wherever you are, on the go. Um, I personally, like uh, I think we mentioned at the top of this podcast, I was just traveling through India for about 17 days. And one of my big things that I'm trying to focus on uh, more and more is is to just kind of be active and be fit. And I'm not doing a very good job, but Beachbody makes that a lot easier, especially when you're traveling internationally. Um, you know it's hard to wake up in a different country we're in a hotel that doesn't maybe have a gym or anything like that but Beachbody lets you do that Um, they have hundreds of effective workouts for all fitness levels ranging from like bodybuilding to weightlifting to cardio uh, even dance workouts because I'm trying to work on my uh, my uh, ballet, ballet a little yep. bit. Mm-hmm. I've seen him practice in the corner. He's quite good. It's getting better. It's, it's better. getting better, and it's I perfect. I owe that to Beachbody. Um, but again, the biggest appeal to me personally is that you have access to it anytime, anywhere. Uh, you can watch it on your computer, your tablet, your TV, your smartphone, your Roku, your Apple TV, all that stuff. I really want you guys to give it a try as well. I promise you won't regret it. Uh, there's definitely something to be said about this, just because it's been around for so long and so many people swear by it, myself included. So be sure to text DEAN to 303030. That's D-E-A-N to 303030. You'll get your free trial membership. I promise you're going to love it enough that you're going to want to renew. You're going to pay for the subscription. You're going to be looking good in time for summer. Do you see page two here,
0: the program matrix? The program matrix. There's so much good stuff on here. I mean, look, it's a a sample of some of the things that you get access to, like the 21-day fix and P90X. I mean, it's a 90-day program, 45 minutes a day, seven days a week. You got Body Beast. You got a yoga treatment. Focused. T25. I mean, all this stuff with legit trainers, names you know, and it's all available to you wherever you go. And yep.
1: that's the coolest thing too, because like I find it difficult to ha- have time to go to the gym. But if I could just work out from home, then there saves me the time right there. And there nobody go.
0: likes the gym. Let's be honest. No, I hate
2: it. It's, it's disgusting.
0: I, I go
1: in there and some guys lifting like 300 pounds, and I'm like, I'm just going to go on the treadmill for a half hour and get the hell out of here. That's it. I just-
2: I'm not just saying this for the sake of saying it. I did definitely. I literally canceled my gym membership. Yeah, I'm just, I've, I can't do the gym anymore.
1: You Stop. don't
0: need it anymore with Beachbody, no. and that's a great thing. Yeah. Locker rooms. I mean, there's so much to deal with at the gym. You don't have to anymore because yeah. you got Beachbody at home and not just at home, wherever you go. Wherever you go. But you only get it if you text DEAN to 303030. That's D-E-A-N to
2: 303030. Give Beachbody On Demand a good shot. I uh, promise you won't regret it. I promise you'll definitely start seeing some results just like I am. So check it out. Okay, so next we're joined on the phone by Nora DeKaiser. Nora, are you there? Hi, I'm here. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for calling in. Hi, Nora, this is Jared. Hi, guys. So you're joined by both me, Jared, uh, Mark, and Easton are in studio as well, but they're kind of more passively listening today. Um,
3: (laughs) I'm with the whole team.
2: Yeah, whole team today, just for you, Nora. (laughs) All right, Nora, so so tell us a little bit more about you. So we understand that you began kind of your matchmaking career as a a three-day rule matchmaker in New York, but um, we understand that you kind of have spun it off into a little bit more than that. So do you mind filling us in as listeners to kind of what you've been up to?
3: Yeah, for sure. A lot of people, when they hear I'm a matchmaker, they're like, wait, no, matchmakers are supposed to be old women. Um, and I'm pretty young. Um, and it's, it's one of those things where it just is a passion. It's something where I always set up my girlfriends, my friends, and I was doing it really successfully. Um, so I started with a company, like you said, in New York City and did that for about two and a half years and moved out to L.A. Now I've been working with a lot of celebrities and CEOs and people who wanna, who have a high profile but want to keep it a low profile. Um, and actually find love that's going to last. Nora, um,
1: so. Nora, you said you were pretty young. How old are you?
3: I'm 26.
2: Oh, okay. Okay, okay. You are a young matchmaker. So you're kind of like the Raya of uh, matchmakers, of celebrities. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
3: No, there's there's really a part of dating for people that um, don't want to go on Bumble and have their face plastered everywhere, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people know them publicly. um, So they want to keep it more quiet, um, but actually find someone who aligns with them and not go on a ton of bad dates. Love it. Well, I
1: think this also relates to people that aren't celebrities, because I think there's just a lot of people that don't want to put themselves on Bumble and hinge for the simple fact of like they just don't want to put themselves out there. So I think whether you're a totally. celebrity or not, I think you would work for a lot of different people.
3: Oh yeah. No, we don't just have celebrity clients. It's all over the place, but um, it, it really is for people who don't want to waste their time anymore. Yeah. are kind of too busy due the online dating things.
2: To, to Jared's point, one of my great friends just broke up with his girlfriend of two and a half years or so. And and he's like, I don't want to get on Tinder, Bumble, anything like that because I'm worried that her or her friends would see me on it. And then like, I, that's obviously another ordeal to deal with. But um, it is. There's definitely something to be said about kind of like the, uh, uh I don't know how to say like the stigmatism. No, no, not the I'm just saying like the the appeal of working with a matchmaker is is, is oh, that totally. your face isn't plastered out there on all those dating sites, all that kind of stuff.
1: Exactly. You're um, working on a more personal level yeah. rather than just putting yourself on an online dating website and then kind of like going through all these people that you don't know. At least yeah. you're working with somebody that you've met. Like if Nor, you know, if people reach out to you, they can sit down, get to know each other, and then you can assess like what's best for them.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the classic definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different result. And that's what a lot of people do with online dating. Um, I'm sorry for your friend's breakup, but he'll probably get online dating eventually um, and get to the point where he's sick of it. He's not meeting someone he's connecting with. And oftentimes you hear your friend say, I'm going to take a break from dating. Um, But in reality, that's that's not going to do anything because you're going to get back on a month or two later and do the same thing with a different person. Um, So what we try to do is interject and actually, you know, tell someone what they're really looking for. Because a lot of people think they know themselves the best out of anyone, but um, we're biased to ourselves. We know what we're good at. We know what we're bad at, but we try to hide that a little bit and having an unbiased person, not your mom, not your best friend, uh, but someone who doesn't know you yet really get to know you, um, we have a lot of ways to be able to figure out who's going to be a good fit for whom.
1: Well, you're talking to two people that have been on multiple Bachelor shows, <laughs> so we are the definition of insanity. insanity yeah.
2: uh, Nora, can you tell us a little bit more about this three-day rule?
3: Yeah, you mean why it's called that?
2: Yeah, we'd yeah. love to hear more about yeah. that.
3: A lot of people have questions about that. So it's from the movie Swingers. And Vince Vaughn says, oh, you have to wait three days to give her a call. Um, We're kind of poking fun at modern society rules and saying, there are no rules. You don't have to wait three days. If you like her, let her know. If you don't, also let her know. Um, So it's kind of poking fun at at modern dating.
1: Well, you just said if you don't like her, let her know. But how do you know if you truly like someone after one date? Like, as as a professional, you know, somebody that matches people up, would you give the advice? Say, you go on a date with somebody that you're kind of uh, not that excited about, and it went fine. Do you give that another date, or do you just call it quits after one date?
3: Totally, I always say go on at least three dates, um, because as you guys probably know, your first time on The Bachelor talking to who you were matched with. Um, you were nervous, and you probably weren't yourself. You probably said things. You were like, what did I just say? Why did I just say that? That was constant for
2: still, the entire <laughs> season, though, for me, personally. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Right? Uh, but that's how people are on first dates. It's nerve-wracking to put yourself out there and say, yes, I'm single, and I'm trying to find a partner. Um, so a lot of times people will come back to me, and they'll say, hey, he was funny. He was nice. But oh, my gosh, he was just like, there were so many awkward pauses. And when I hear that, I say, well, give it another shot, because I've gotten to know him well, and he's He's, he's really an awesome guy. But on a first date, it's really hard to bring everything to the table. I think it usually takes about three dates to decide if you have chemistry or not.
2: Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, so what kind of questions do you typically ask? Like, What are the foundational questions that you ask yeah. someone that you're trying to match?
3: Well, we get to do the fun stuff because normally on a first date, not many people are gonna ask the tough questions like, "So, do you want kids? Or what are your thoughts on religion? Um, so we get to ask the foundational value questions. Um, so I get to know the person, um, what they value, um, but the real question that tells me what's really going on is when I ask them why they think they're single, um, because that's really a moment where they get to turn the mirror on themselves and say, all right, yeah, I have been single for five years, and, and what is the real reason? Um, because a lot of times it's not lack of dating apps or not lack of dates in general. It, it's something going on with you, whether you have walls up, or you're going after the wrong person. Um, or you're not over your ex. Um, so that's really the, the first part where we can dive into how we can change the pattern that they're going through.
2: Interesting. Yeah, I don't know, I, I think that's great. Um, yeah. So so let's put the topic on Jared for a second. Let's, let's, yeah. let's kind of okay. shift the the, the the subject here. So Jared, who has been single for quite some
1: while i know i've gotten so last week i said i was single for six years and people were like well, what about kayla technically kay and i were never boyfriend girlfriend okay. so when i was thinking back upon <laughs> the past six years of when i was single it's been you know i've, I've been thinking boyfriend girlfriend so i've been single I, I i i was single for quite some time um so if i was yeah if i was coming to you and i wanted you to match make me like what's some of the questions that you would ask me
3: yeah well i was asked why you think you're single you want to tell us yeah, oh a,
1: God! great question. Good, good exercise.
2: <laughs> Never mind, I don't want to do this why anymore. Why is Jared single?
1: Uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons as to why uh, I, I was single for so long was because I, I, I think the major one is stands for my own insecurities. And I think a lot of the reasons why I'm afraid to really make a move or kind of dive deep is that there are times where I'm really unwilling to let my walls down for the simple fact of I'm too scared that people or at least somebody that I really care about and value their opinion will find out how much of a mess I really am because you try to live up to people's expectations and I, you know, and we put like this idea of who we are out into the world. We try to be funny and charming and confident and all these things and we talked about this last week on the podcast, like the idea of, you know, trying to be the Wizard of Oz when you're really just a sweaty guy behind the curtain. And I think for me, that's always been my problem is that I'm really nervous about letting people in because I'm nervous about them finding out how much a mess I really am. And I, I, I've been called out on it before. Like I've had girls tell me like, you're going to end up alone because you just don't let anybody in. And I'm like, you're 100% right. And yeah. I understand that this is a problem and I need to try to actively fix this. Um, which I'm doing. I'm I'm I'm, 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 you know, I'm working on it.
3: Uh, do you think it's part, partially a perfectionism thing where you're kind of like, oh man, I want to be perfect and I want to do this right. And I want this relationship to be perfect, and if it doesn't go right, that's going to. I don't think. I don't think I feel it's like a failure.
1: I don't think it's a perfect thing. I think it's more of I want to be the man that I expect mm-hmm. to be. You know, I want to be, um, you know, I want to provide the life for the woman that I love, like the best life that she can possibly have and so sometimes I doubt whether I can be that person and I think because of that I've been unwilling to really um, you know dive into a relationship because I've been too scared that I've been I will be unable to provide that Hmm.
3: that Actually, it reminds me of a client I worked with um, recently who, you know, I was like, why do you think you're single? And he didn't have as profound of an answer that you just had. You definitely thought about this and and done the work. Uh, But his reason was, you know, he'd date someone for a couple months and then he'd get bored. Um, And he couldn't really figure out why. And as we started working together, I realized, yeah, he's really afraid to not be that man that he thinks he should be because he's going after girls that he's not working that hard to get. He's going after the girls that are kind of easy and just coming in very quickly and it's just easy he doesn't have to work very hard for it so he's not he's not he's not vulnerable in a sense um and he's not going to fail because it was easy in the first place no, um so it, we really worked at okay so so what is your ideal girl so i would ask you jared could you give me your top five must-haves in a yes. partner and your top five
2: like to have. Let's do these top fives for Jared. I'm excited to hear this for myself. I have <laughs> to give five or just one of five that comes to my no, head. No, we need all five. All oh, five. five. I
3: can't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> top
2: five. Nora, we're making him. We're holding him accountable to give us the five. Oh,
1: good,
0: good
2: god!
1: All right, I have to be taller than her when she's wearing heels. Okay. Um, no, uh,
2: what top five? That's the thing. Like, that's the one you I, lead with. Taller than her when yeah. she wears heels is the number one. <laughs> lead-in thing that comes to mind.
1: No, I, I was, uh, I, God, that's so hard to really articulate because I, I love all types of people like there's so many i i yeah. i would never really say i need this in a woman in order for me to develop a relationship with her because if there was a strong enough connection and strong enough love i could look past certain things like because i like people for different reasons different but qualities we,
2: but you can eliminate them systematically yeah. do you need a woman to be nice of course <laughs> okay but that's there you such go a
1: cliche so, to be like yeah i want her to be nice and but i but want her to starting, be starting
2: it's a it's a launching it. pad you know? sure all
1: right I well mean, she certainly has to uh All right, one thing I really look for on a date at least is if we go out to a date to a bar or a restaurant, how they treat the bartender or waiter is a huge factor of how... I look at them on the first date because I've. There's nothing that turns me off more than if I'm on a date with somebody and the bartender or waiter will come over and be like, "Hi, how are you?" And then she she just won't even look him in the eye and be like, "Oh, I'll take this." Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, this is not going to go well. So uh, that's certainly something I look for: somebody that treats, uh, you know, is very personal, can talk to somebody, have eye contact, uh, is a conversationalist. Because I definitely. Um, I I need someone who can challenge me in a lot of different ways. I'm also very easygoing and laid back. So I definitely need someone to push me Mm -hmm. and be like, you need to do this and that and this. Because if I don't have somebody to push me in that way, I don't think I will accomplish the things that I think I'm capable of accomplishing. I'm the same way.
2: I didn't even realize that until you just said that.
1: Yeah. So I think I definitely need someone who's not afraid to call me out. Mm -hmm. That's one thing as well. I really need someone to be like, you need to get this done. Or like, not even like, but just more so of like, you know, even if we're we're talking, there are a lot of times where I'm uh, uh, not afraid, but like unwilling to talk about my feelings or things that, uh, you know, are bothering me. Um, and so I need someone to be like, you know, talk. tell me. Yeah. Yes, don't right. don't just say whatever. Don't move past this conversation. Talk to me. And so that's certainly something I I guess I could put that on the top five <laughs> right after it has
2: to be shorter than me wearing heels. Good, duh. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Right. No, I mean, and and that's it's so interesting to see that you were struggling with that because. Oftentimes people say, oh, love will happen when you least expect it. But that's my least favorite um, dating advice because it's not going to happen when you least expect it. And that's why a lot of people go after what they feel is right rather than what they know is Mm -hmm. right. Um, And so you end up going after a girl who's like, you're playing the game. It's hard to get and it feels like lust, but it's really that's not going to last versus, okay, you know, the first thing you said, nice to the bartender. So you want someone kind. You want someone who's really hot has a heart to care about people who um, she doesn't really need to be nice to. Who care enough, um, exactly,
1: care enough people to treat them like human beings. Right, Like exactly. no matter what they do, like I I, I can't stand when uh, somebody, whether a man or a female, just treat human beings as if they are a lower class. And it's like right, the person right. that's bagging your groceries is the same quality of person as the person that's, you know... I I don't know. Is, that
0: owns the grocery store.
1: Exactly. Like you should yeah. treat them one and the same. And so yeah. uh, it's very difficult for me when I see either friends or even a potential partner treat people differently depending on, you know, their quote unquote importance in life. And I think that's yeah. absurd and yeah. ridiculous and something that really turns me off. Um and Nora, and, in your professional opinion, what is your what do you think the number one reason why relationships fail? Mm-hmm. Being a matchmaker. I guess.
3: Uh you know, I think the number one reason reason that relationships fail is, is because one, you're going after the wrong person. So you're not thinking logically about what you're looking for. And you're just thinking, Oh, she's hot. Like I'm going to go after that. Uh, because that has nothing to do with the values that are going to be long term. Once you're actually in a relationship and it is working and it fails, usually that's because of communication. Um, and you aren't just being open and honest with what you want and what she not wants. Those conversations can be awkward, but that's exactly how a relationship is going to flourish. Hmm.
1: Interesting.
2: Yeah. And Nora, to your point earlier, sorry, I, I kind of had this weird epiphany uh, the other day, and I don't want to necessarily rope you in uh, for uh, unnecessary reasons. But I had this weird epiphany that I was like, when I was younger, I used to think that falling in love with someone and spending the rest of your life with them was like a birthright that everyone should have at any, like like the second you're born, that's what you deserve to have. And I do think that everyone needs to have that. But I think that there also takes a lot of uh, effort on both sides. And that's something that I've, I've kind of slowly learned over the past maybe year or so, is that we all have the the obviously the right to, to fall in love and be with someone for the rest of our lives, but we also have to earn that and then learn that as well to, to to, you know, make it right for both people. And it's just kind of this weird thing that I was thinking about the other day. I think I maybe I read it in a book that I was reading about or something like that. And I think you had
1: I kind of <laughs> You know, I was reading a book one time and it was really good. I mean, I don't know if you knew this. I was reading the dictionary. I read the was... book. I read a book, you guys. <laughs> yeah. I know how
2: to read. But no, you said you mentioned something like that too, and it kinda of coincides with that thought and I was like, Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense, I feel like so.
3: Yeah, I mean, love is is so exciting, and it's so important, and I think it's the most important thing in life and in the world. Um, But we get to choose what type of love we're going to have, and we get to choose how we're going to teach people to treat us. Um, And that's why, you know, you, you knew what you wanted, but it just wasn't kind of upfront. So, I would tell you to really write those down and know what you're looking for. And if you go on a first date and it's going okay, but one of those top five she doesn't have, that's okay. She can be a friend. No worries at all. But don't yeah. waste your time going after someone that doesn't have those values that you want.
1: It's not so much I don't think I didn't know what I wanted. I think it was more so the guts to go after what I wanted. Hmm. You know, because yeah. I knew what I wanted, but I didn't, I don't think I had the conviction to actually go through with it because I was always too scared of the outcome, which is a ridiculous mindset to have, but it's true. I was no, just, I, yeah. I was, so I was, common. I was fearful. I was, you know, yeah. f- for a very long time. And so, um, but yeah, I totally agree. I think when you were talking about relationships and love and like, I think about, I, this is kind of morbid a little bit, but I always think about being on my deathbed <laughs> And thinking about, you know, my life and like, what am I going to, like, if I was on my deathbed right now, what are the moments that I would look back on my life and cherish the most? What are the memories that I would do anything to go back to? And I've always gone back to moments that I've spent with the people that I love. Like, it's not my job. It's not, you know, uh, sure, there's some, you know, adventures that I have that are wonderful. But the reason so many times those adventures are great is because of the people that I'm with. And so like more so than anything, when you're talking about love being the most important thing in life, I do agree with you because I've I've always thought about this, like, what is the most important memory in my life and why is that so important to me? And I always go back to, because it's the person that I'm with, whether that be, you know, my father, my, you know, my girlfriend at the time, my sister, um, so on and so forth. And so I do uh, completely agree with you there. And then I also agree with you when you were talking about relationships and to go back Dean, what you were saying about how as you've gotten older, you thought, you know, as a young age, you thought it was a birthright to fall in love. And then as you've gotten older, you're like, oh, no, this is actually something you have to work for, work for. And yeah. I think people forget about that. I think people forget whether they're, they're single or in a relationship that they actually have to actively put work into love. Like, right. I, you know, marriage and, 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 you know, being in in, in a relationship is It can be very difficult at times and you're going to have doubts and you're going to have times where you really second guess whether you should be in this relationship with this person. And then that's where you have to actively put work in and really try to make this relationship better. And I think, you know, obviously there's a line, right? I'm sure that at some point you'll know what line that is. And if you guys still haven't come together, then you should probably end the relationship. But I think so many people give up so easily these days.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, you hit that right in the head, especially with dating in L.A. and dating apps in general, there's so many options and there's so many choices. And I think a lot of people, when it gets a little bit weird or a little bit tough, they're like, oh, okay, I'm over this, let's see what else is out there. Um, And a way to stop that is is what we were just talking about, is being very intentional about what you want in a partner. Because if you know what you want and you get it, you're going to want to keep it. And you're going to do anything you can to keep that relationship. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what you want and you're flippantly dating, um, you're going to be very quick to let go of the relationship pretty fast. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I always say this, but I I firmly believe love evolves and changes over time. And so as long as you're aware of
2: that, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, putting some work in. Well, Nora, this has been a very enlightening conversation. I, I think more so than I personally expected. Not just because Jared has some really insightful points. No, Dean is yeah, always the insightful the one. I just bounce <laughs> off his points. Right. Um, f- for the listeners that want to maybe pursue Nora's advice, a uh, skill set, anything like that, feel free to shoot her an email. Nora, I think it's okay if they shoot you an email at Nora yeah. at um, If you have an Instagram, be sure to follow her on Instagram at Um And yeah, I mean, check her out. Nora, is there anything that you are working on currently besides obviously all this matchmaking stuff that you want to talk about real quick?
3: Um, No, I just, I mean, just basically putting people together. So if you have any friends that need to be be set up, and Jared, if you need any help, I'm happy to help.
2: Oh
1: well, thank you. Well, I think Dean and I have plenty of friends from the Bachelor franchise that could use help with. Uh, uh, oh yes,
2: I oh, totally. You so. should just be milking the Bachelor franchise because ninety-eight percent of the people that go on that show are perpetually single. It seems like exactly. So I,
3: know, I really should. I'll reach out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll <laughs> send
2: we'll send them your way. Don't you worry about it. Have now. your people, people call our people, people, and people. <laughs> yeah, we'll put you in touch. Um, all right, Nora. Well, thank you so much for calling in again, and uh, best of luck moving forward.
3: Thanks. So Talk to you guys later.
2: Thanks, right. Nora. Bye. What a sweetheart. <laughs> It was great. She was great. She's wonderful. And look at that. You were so hesitant to, to talk about the five things that you needed a woman. And then you just rambled on for five, and bada- 10 bing. minutes.
1: It's amazing too. When somebody asks you a question and you're like, I have no idea. And then all of a sudden it just, he, somebody well, else will say something and then the conversation evolves, and you're like, Oh, that's right. No, that is something I look for. Oh, that's right. That is something that turns me off. So, you know, just need a little work. That's what all.
2: Am, one of my biggest pet peeves with this entire podcast is all is talk about something uh at nausea for like 10 15 minutes just nonsensical jargon bs whatever and then i'll get home and i'll be laying in bed at night and i'm like damn it i should have said this or damn it
0: i should have said that <laughs>
2: totally. like so many things that you know you're probably not going to talk about again and then you're like oh well i totally forgot about the most like cl- uh central points to that point that i was trying to make so,
0: and do you ever regret from that one right there
2: i do, i won't know until later tonight <laughs> okay let us know okay great <laughs> <laughs> can we we can start it can we like start a segment of things that i wish i said the first time around. Yes,
0: like that. yes, we yeah. can. That
2: would make it, and that can go back to Reggie's point of needing to write things down more and express True. myself through writing. So, totally good uh, mental notepad that way.
0: All right, how about some emails, gentlemen? Let's do it. People value your opinion on relationships and want to know advice. And from why you. the heck wouldn't they? Exactly, course, right? They've course.
1: obviously seen us on Paradise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's valuable sometimes for women, and I believe all, all four of these are from women, to get a guy's perspective on this because I agree. they don't know how guys think, and your guys that know how guys think. We know how guys think. I know how a guy thinks. Yeah. That's true. Singular, one guy. I <laughs> know how true. I think. And I'm a, okay. a guy, questionable. Fine. See if you can help Tasha. Yeah, She's been in a long-term relationship with an amazing guy for about three years now. We're quite young, 23, but uh, Tasha here has had a pretty bad relationship in high school. She was cheated on, lied to, and abused. Mm. Her current boyfriend and her met in high school, so she knows he knows all about that past relationship. They're both very mature for their age, she says. But then she says, I'm pretty confident he's who I want to spend my life with, but... We were having a conversation recently about different political topics, how we would raise our kids, and so forth. And I found out we have pretty different views on a lot of things. I can't help but think that when it comes to our future and raising a family together, this would be difficult. I know how I want to raise my kids and how I want them to treat others and be receptive toward differences. I guess my main question is, do you think this is something that is minor? Or do I need to think more about this before I commit to a possible life with him? Love and blessings from Tasha. Uh, I
2: hey, hey Tasha, thank you for emailing the podcast first you, and Tasha. foremost. Um, I personally think that the, you're kind of making a big deal out of something that doesn't necessarily have to have a, a big deal made out of it. Have you guys ever seen Parks and Rec? One of my personal sure. favorite TV fantastic. shows. fantastic. So Anne and Chris, Anne Perkins and Chris Traeger are talking about having a baby, um, and they go through like the the uh, the compatibility mm-hmm. tests, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and they score like fifteen twenty percent on all the compatibility t- tests. And then by the end of the episode, Chris like looks at Anne and go, or he hands her one piece of paper with one question on it, and the one question is, "Will you love our child unconditionally and hope nothing but the best for them?" And obviously, the answer to that is yes. And so, if Tasha can see the man that she's dating now have the the, the love in his heart for the a, a potential child that they might have, I think that's the most important thing. There are obviously semantical differences in being raised uh, raised religiously and all that kind of stuff. But I think like if you love this man and you want him to be the father of your children and you know that he's going to treat those children with love, that's all that should be necessary for you guys to move to that next step. I totally agree. And
1: I would just ask Tasha how important their, your political views are for you because, and, and for him because, I, yes, if he is like, listen, these are the ways my kids are going to raise. This is the only thing they're going to watch or believe in. Then of course, those are questions that you need to ask him before you guys start having kids because if he's so stout on it and says, no, there's I'm not open to any other ideas and that's the conversation you need to have. Having said that, I do believe that this is more minor than it is major because I do think that it is something it seems like you can move past. If he is such an you know, amazing guy as you described, which I don't doubt he is, I'm sure if you guys are open and honest and you want your kids to kind of get both sides of, whether it be politics, religion, whatever, however you want to raise them and let them make up their own mind then you know, that's best for everybody. So I do believe, yeah. It's more minor. As long as love is the primary thing for your kids, then that's the most important thing.
0: I, I'm a little concerned about it. I don't mm. want to be contrarian here, but especially the line, I know how I want to raise my kids and how I want them to treat others and be receptive toward differences. That concerns me a little bit. That was tell, us. tell us why. Well, it seems like if he's not receptive toward differences, I'm not even sure what that means necessarily, but does that have to do with ethnicities? Does that have to do with uh, races, genders, ages? So you're just saying that he might not be quite as open-minded as he wants him to be. Yeah. And then raising a kid with one parent giving you that, one parent giving you the other side. I mean, honestly, it reminds me of my grandparents, but so maybe things will be okay, but I'm a little bit concerned about this.
1: I would agree with that. Just, but the only thing is, it does seem different political topics. So I'm assuming right. that that would mean
0: he's conservative and she's
1: liberal, liberal or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And so as long as he's, you know, I, I, you know, that I think about that as well because I'm far more open minded. If I was with a stout conservative that was like, no, my kid is going to believe one thing, and that is the only thing they're going to believe. That would bother me, and that would cause a red flag as well. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I couldn't imagine with a life partner and love. Hopefully, that would be not something we couldn't talk about yeah. and kind of grow co- together. Grow perhaps. together, right? And especially with a kid, kind of letting them not make up their own mind, but giving
2: them all the information you can give them, and, and let them sure. decide what they want. And to Tasha, to Tasha if your pre, if your main initiative is for your child, your children to be open-minded, I don't think many th- things could. Be more open-minded than having a liberal mother and a conservative father. Well, that's father, a very good point. Rather than two liberal parents or two conservative parents, mm-hmm. because then it kind of shows her both perspectives. That's um,
1: very true. Unless this guy was like, n- he's not going to hear your side of it,
3: uh, right? In, in terms of that. like,
1: you like my kids aren't going to n- like. You're not going to brainwash my kids right. with your political views. They're only going to listen to my or, views. views. That would be a
2: huge red flag. Obviously. Or let's flip this entirely upside down and say maybe she's grasping at straws and trying to find reasons to break up with this guy. Ooh.
0: Mm. That's interesting. Tasha, think about that
2: one. Maybe you should, back she should think country, internally.
0: Man. And honestly, there was a time fairly recently that different political opinions among parents wasn't that big of a deal today. It's, huge. it's a huge. I've never deal. lived in. A, I mean, granted, I'm still,
1: I'm only 29, but I've never lived in a society that's been more divided it's right now. Really, it's just
0: insane. You can't
1: even say anything without somebody just berating you and being like you're wrong. Blah blah blah. It's it's intimidating to mm-hmm. even. I've always been one that I'm always open to talk about whatever politics, religion. I don't really care, but with politics these days, it's just like you can't even get a word in edgewise without them. You can honestly present facts towards somebody, and they're like, no, that's not true. Right.
2: Well, I
1: don't know what else to say, (laughs) because it's a fact.
2: Do you think it's better than to have no strong opinions one way or the other on that? Because then you're less inclined to even care so much about it, and like that's less divisive of you to be just like, oh, yeah, I see your point. I see your point. You know? Oh, I think that's the best outcome is to be able to
1: have your opinion while also still being open minded to other people's opinions. I think that's obviously. I mean, my opinion that would be the best outcome for everybody to be like i have my beliefs i have my opinions i'm still listening to yours not to say my mind can't be changed but you know have an open mind towards things Mm
0: -hmm. sure jesse i recently moved from san francisco to washington dc around six months ago about a month before i moved i met a guy through a friend and spent the whole day getting to know each other at the party i was going through some personal family stuff at the time and i quickly felt comfortable enough to confide in him we were drinking all day we ended up hooking up by the end of the night I really saw him at another group event a few weeks later, but nothing really came of it since I was moving away anyway. Well, now that I've moved, he's been calling me every few weeks late at night. The first few times he was drunk, but last weekend he called. He wasn't drunk. He spoke for over an hour in a pretty deep, deep conversation. What are his motives for calling? It's not a booty call. I live across the country from him, and it's not very often I meet people I click with like this, so I'm struggling with if I should try to pursue this or what I should do. Would love to hear your input. This is a good one to put yourself in the mindset of this guy. What do you think, Dean? Jared, why is this guy calling her all the time late at night?
1: Dean, after you. <laughs> oh, I, I I led on the I, last one, so I figured I'd let you uh, lead on this no, one. No, I'll lead then. I I think this guy might be just I. So if she doesn't think it's a booty call, it depends on what her meaning of deep conversation is. Like, is that just you guys talk about very
2: insightful things, or I don't have she, I don't have hour long phone conversations with anyone mm-hmm. yeah so any conversation that goes past five minutes i think on the phone specifically i'm saying totally of course it, deep or not that's something to be said said of course so maybe this guy just
1: really likes her but also is playing it cool because he lives cross-country and he doesn't really know what to do so this is the best thing he can think of just kind of like stay in touch and maybe she'll be back on his mm-hmm. side of the country
2: i think this is more of a stay in touch thing personally if i were to stay in touch with someone that just moved across the country i'd text them Often. Totally. I don't I, I think that he just enjoys talking to you. I don't yeah. think that there I don't think you really should read into it more than that. I don't know if you really need to put the pressure on yourself to say that you need to pursue it or not. I agree. I think that you
0: should just continue to talk to him and enjoy it. And have fun and see what happens. Yeah, Let, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to push it in any direction. It's not gonna naturally go. Right. Exactly. I do think it's a weird combination of loneliness and fear of commitment. I agree. Which I think describes a lot of twenty something men. As 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 weird as those two things might seem, I think it's a lot of people, especially twenty something men who are lonely and want someone to talk to, but knowing that she lives across the country makes it completely safe. He knows that it's not going to necessarily be a girlfriend. She's not going to expect anything from him. They don't have to have the talk and all this stuff that he's afraid of, but it's somebody that he can open up to. Mm -hmm. I agree. And here's
2: kind of the the weird, uh, awkward beauty of it, is you guys have already hooked up. So you know that he's not doing this just so Mm. he can hook up with you Mm -hmm. because you guys have already hooked up. Exactly. So it's definitely more... Well intentioned, I think, and I think that you should just continue to kind of let it happen naturally. It sounds like it's a good thing that you have going on, so just let it keep going.
0: Don't be afraid to see other people. Good, no, definitely. Let him yeah. see other people. Don't put too much pressure on this thing. Just let it be what it is, and who knows? If it's meant to be, it'll happen somehow. Good luck. I, good luck, Jesse. This is Morgan, similar deal. What is a guy thinking in these situations? So my best friend and roommate and I, have been, we've been hanging around this group of guy friends for the past couple of months. Well, I've been crushing hard on one of the guys in the group for a few years now, but he's really hard to read. So last weekend, this guy that I have a crush on, he tried to kiss my roommate. She said to him, I can't do that. You're off limits. He said, why? Does Morgan like me? Then he asked, do you like me, to the roommate? Then he asked, who likes me more? then he asked would it be weird if i kissed you the roommate and then kissed morgan later then he admitted he likes both of us but didn't want to make the wrong choice my roommate's attracted to him but doesn't like like him i don't know what to do with this new information is this going to be weird the next time we hang out why did he try to put himself in a love triangle with my roommate and me what if he actually does like me I'd be willing to accept any thoughts or advice to help me navigate this terribly weird situation. Everyone involved is 24 years old and intoxicated while confessing their feelings.
1: Well, I think that last line is the most important one of the entire mm-hmm. email. Mm-hmm. You guys are 24 years old and you guys are intoxicated while confessing all these feelings.
2: And I like, do I do want to say out of all of Bachelor Nation, I think Jared and I are the least qualified to be giving advice on this specific topic. <laughs>
1: I would agree <laughs> with that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree with that one. So next email. No, uh, yeah, I mean, I think... Yeah, I wouldn't take it too seriously if I was Morgan. Like, yeah, that's she, right. Yeah, if you like him, I, I wouldn't really pursue him too hard.
2: I, I think you should just get the hell away from this guy. Yeah, I, I really, all entirely your friend as well. This this line right here. Then he admitted he likes both of us, but he didn't <laughs> want to make the wrong choice, and that's
0: the biggest red flag any woman should need to get out of that relationship. Exactly, I agree. He's a 24 year old guy. He likes you. He likes your roommate. He likes anybody. That he's got a shot with
1: exactly he's gonna be liking a lot of women and you guys are just so happen to be two of them not to say you're you know that doesn't make you special in any way but sorry, I sorry Morgan and
2: think about it this way say Morgan say uh, under happenstance you end up dating this guy he's always going to be thinking well what if I ended up dating your roommate mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. he's always going to be comparing the two and, and not only
1: that you're gonna be thinking that way you're gonna be like yeah. mm, I wonder if he still likes Morgan uh not Morgan your roommate I wonder if he
2: still likes my roommate there's a it's a net loss situation no one's ever gonna win
1: Especially if you guys were drunk while you were talking about this, and mm-hmm. it's like this awkward situation where he's asking you, like, who likes me more? It's almost, it's like a, a, a like a ego thing for him at this point. Where yes. It's like, well, who really likes me is. more? Who's right. going to really yes. come after me more? So I, I totally agree with Dean. Stay away from this guy.
0: He's 24. I think a 24-year-old girl should date a 28-year-old minimum.
2: I agree. I've always thought that, yeah. Just for, just
0: maturity levels.
2: I agree. Okay. What about a 26-year-old dating a 30-year-old?
0: 26-year-old girl, 30-year-old guy? No, opposite. Opposite. Well, what happens? 6 year old a guy, thirty-year-old girl. girl. I, I see trouble down the road. Oh, okay. But Reggie <laughs> but seems to disagree. Yeah, I'm, so, <laughs> I'm going to just say it right now. Reginald right, disagrees. Reggie
3: disagrees.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more, Jenna. I've been single almost three years now, with a few almost relationships during that time. Didn't really have the intention of dating anyone while here in grad school, but I did end up meeting somebody. Recently, I've wondered if he might be interested in me because he's always kind of awkward and nervous and usually poking fun at me. And then I do it right back at him. He's mentioned interest in another girl he's known since high school, but we've both said we're content to be on our own right now. This other girl is also seeing somebody else. So I don't see her as a factor. Anyway, I'm not sure what to do here because the other night when we went out, we were pretty drunk and we held hands in the Uber on the ride home. We talked about a lot of stuff that night, some of which I can't remember because I was pretty drunk too. So what do I do? Do I bring this night up? Do I address that there are maybe unspoken feelings in both of our rounds? Or do I just appreciate having a close guy friend that I can open up to and stick to being on my own? Jenna. This is this Jenna. is Jenna. And this is similar, isn't it? It's a similar yeah, uh, it drunk similar. male confessions.
1: It's certainly different, though. Just for the simple fact of they. they these two seem a lot on better terms there, than yeah, the last Yeah, there's more potential one. here. This I can, is like a friendship that I pr- could turn into something.
2: promise to Jenna right now that if she doesn't pursue it, I think that She'll kick herself. Not that she won't kick herself, but she will harbor a lot of uh, romantic feelings towards him down the line. And I think that they might both act on it eventually. But I just think that if you really feel this way about this, some guy, uh, obviously, you know, it's a drunken night. You really have to take those with a big grain of salt. So mm-hmm. you have to do that as well. But um, I've had a friend in a situation before where him and this girl were very close friends and they their friendship continued to grow together. And... She had always kind of expressed interest in him, but he obviously wasn't very into it himself. And they eventually like drunkenly hooked up one night and then like they kind of put a strain on their relationship a little bit. So I think that you need to, but the, the, the issue with that was that there was never the sober conversation of, hey, this is what we did. This is what the, how I feel about you. You know, we held hands in an Uber. We had this deep philosophical talk with each other. So what happened with your friend after w- they hooked up? W- can- I think they're still friends. But you said it put a strain on the relationship. Well, it, it's a temporary strain. I mean, you could, like she says at the very end, do I want to have a close guy friend who I can open up to and stick being on my own? It's very difficult to have a close relationship with a guy who you've at least one time been romantically interested in or are continuing to have romantic interest for. I agree. Um,
1: I, I, I was going to say, I think more so like, yeah, you sure, of course you could have a close guy friend, but this close guy friend that you have, you actually have romantic feelings with. So are you? there's always going to be that. What if factor? And if you do have any type of romantic feelings, if I were you, I would articulate them because yes, you might lose him as a friend, but what's what's better—losing him as a friend or always having him as a friend and always wondering—is there something more between us?
2: Yeah, I agree. I think you just got to go for it, and I think the best way to go about it—and what we've kind of seen a trend in these emails, at least today—is a lot of people have been drunk,
0: <laughs> and I think yes. the best thing mm-hmm. you
2: can do for yourself is to stay sober, stay sober, and have a conversation with him. Um, maybe go out to drinks with him and have a conversation. That way by the end of the conversation, you're at least feeling a little tipsy and that can maybe alleviate some of the pressure and stress. Um, just my two cents and Jared's two cents. That's four cents total. We're one <laughs> penny short of a nickel, but that's not too bad Which either isn't way. Too
1: bad at all. And I, I agree with Dean. I would definitely actively put effort into hanging out with him just one on one, not like have it a random setting where you guys are out one night and you're like, by the way, like, I don't know if if I should tell you this or not, like actively be like, Hey, you want to hang out? You know, let's grab dinner or something like that. And then, you know, have a moment to be like, this has kind of been bothering me. I'm not sure if you remember this night, which I'm sure he probably remembers too. Mm-hmm. So he's, he, the thing is, Jenna, he might be going through the same thing you are right now where he doesn't know exactly what to do. And so, I,
2: I, I, back to the friend thing, my friend still, she tells me all the time about how me her and my other friend hooked up and they still have had zero sober conversations about it and it's driving her insane every Mm. time i hang out with her she's like i still haven't talked to him about it i still don't know where we stand it's like just go talk to him about it and it's weird because like obviously if you're in the same friend groups and all that kind of stuff it adds a little different dynamic to it but um jennifer just take that take jared's advice and my advice and dean's (laughs) dean's got better (laughs) advice than me no it's all the same it's all the same so take jared and mine's advice just have a sober conversation with him at least put it out there you're gonna regret it if you don't um and but, also to say, like, if you do put it out there, that doesn't mean that the friendship is over. No, not at all.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, In you guys could it have might an, strengthen it.
2: Exactly. You guys
1: could have an adult conversation, talk about it, maybe realize that you're not right for each other. And like Dean said, that friendship will become stronger. So you're not really sure. I right. think it would be far worse if you do hold on to these feelings and never really articulate them because I think it'll just, it'll just build towards something that you don't want. Right. I agree.
2: All right. Well, uh, thank you all for joining us for this week's episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. I'm um, sorry for making you sit through that 20-25 uh, minute monologue of
0: the things that are just afflicting my life. We right worry, now. we we love you, Dean, and we worry about you sometimes. We just want to make sure
2: you're okay. Yeah. No, I appreciate it, and I will say that as much as I was dreading coming in here today to talk about it, it is still nice to like talk and get things off your chest, and you that's know, what we're here for. Yeah,
0: you're among and then, friends, and I think of the listeners to this podcast also consider themselves your friends. Exactly. They know you pretty well at this point. Among
2: friends, but still, it's kind of scary to sometimes just share your share your absolute personal. Issues mm-hmm. to totally a very think, public format. Yeah, I think you
1: just forget that like it's not just for people you're talking to.
2: Right. As, as, it, actually, yeah, it's it, it also up there forever. Okay. Anyways, uh, really like to thank Reginald Lewis uh, for coming on today. Be sure to follow him on, on Instagram at Reginald Lewis. Um, big thank you to Matchmaker Dora DeKaiser Kaiser or sorry Nora de Kaiser uh, who works with the Three Day The word three, not the number three. So T H R E E dayrule.com with uh, Nora de Kaiser. Keep the emails coming. Um, I say it every week. I'll say it this week as well. That's one of my favorite parts of this podcast. Um, you know, it's it's nice to hear kind of about what's going on in your guys' life. So keep them coming. I suck at dating at iheartmedia dot com. Uh, big thank you to the emails today, Morgan, Jenna, Jesse, and Tasha. Uh, of course, big thank you to our sponsor, Beachbody. Uh, like I said, I, I've been doing it quite a bit. I canceled my gym gym membership and have been using them pretty much exclusively and uh, eating right because of their nutrition plan. And I've already feel a lot better physically. Um, And you can too, so go to Beachbody, text Dean to 303030, that's D-E-A-N to 303030. And of course, big thank you to my man, Jared, for being here with me today. Uh, Be sure to tune in next week, and uh, yeah. Thank you, Dean, for, no, but seriously, thank you, Dean, for coming in and talking
1: about everything that's going on in your public life right now, because I know it wasn't easy, and um, so a big
2: thank you.
0: Thanks, Dean. Yeah, thanks, Dean. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing, Dean. See you on Tuesday. Follow Help. Oh. I suck at dating with Dean Unglert on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.